0: Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's yours, boys and girls and boys! Let's go! Welcome to the Locked On Capitals Podcast. My name is Amy Rothenberger and I'm your host. Get ready to rock the red, unleash the fury, and cheer in all caps. Now let's start the show. It is a great day to talk about hockey, and on today's roster, of course, we are going to talk about the Stanley Cup Final. Buyout season has begun, and on a special note, as a season ticket holder, yours truly had access today to a live Zoom call with Peter Laviolette hosted by John Walton, the radio voice of the Capitals. And I am here with a full report. But first, the news. Hey, what happened? The Tampa Bay Lightning have won the 2020 Stanley Cup. Pat Maroon has won his second consecutive Stanley Cup. Last year, he won with the Blues. Steven Stamkos finally has a cup after playing a full 2 minutes and 47 seconds. Thanks, NBC. We didn't know how long it was until you told us 16 times in the entire playoff run. Victor Hedman, everyone's favorite Swedish Sasquatch, won the Con Smythe, which, let's face it, is a much bigger deal than the Norris Trophy. The team that got swept out of the first round last year made it through to the end this year in a redemption arc. Excuse me, but I'm just not all that jazzed about these storylines. I'm happy for Tampa Bay fans. It's awesome when your team wins. But I really wanted to see Dobby lift Lord Stanley. It's selfish, whatever. It's just how I feel. And that's all I have to say about that. There will be a celebration in Tampa on Wednesday because Florida, I guess. There will be a boat parade at 5 PM on the Riverwalk and a quote unquote champions celebration at Raymond James Stadium with free tickets for the public. A stadium to celebrate the championship with free tickets for the public at 7.30. This year's Stanley Cup comes with a free COVID-19 super spreader event, I guess. Wear a mask, people, or don't. When people said they wanted to see the Bolts win a cup again before they died, I don't think this is what they meant. Buyouts have begun. The Ottawa Senators over the weekend officially bought out Bobby Ryan's contract, After he was placed on waivers on Friday, Bobby Ryan won the Masterton Trophy like, I don't know, a week ago? Maybe two? The NHL's award for perseverance after publicly sharing his struggle with alcohol issues. He's 33 years old. He entered the NHL Players Assistance Program back in November to get help for his addiction issues. Hey, congratulations! You won an award for your perseverance, and you're dealing with alcoholism. We're going to put you on waivers and buy you out. What? I'm sorry, that's just a really crappy way to treat a player. But, hockey's the business, so there you go. Who else could get bought out? There's a few names floating around. Maybe Hank? I would hate for to see that happen to Hank. He may have some trade value, though, so maybe they'll just trade him away. Although I think he has a no-trade clause, so maybe their only option is to put him on waivers and buy him out. For Henrik Lundqvist, that just sounds so wrong. He deserves more than that. And as much as I hate to say it, so does Marc-Andre Fleury. Although I think he probably has some trade value in him as well. And I don't think... Vegas wants to keep him around as a second. I know they really want Robin Leonard. I I don't know how that's going to go. Things are going to start to get crazy now that the Cup has been won. If I had to pick a capital to get bought out, it would probably be Michael Kempney. I mean, he's pretty and all, but his game has really declined ever since he's been injured, and I don't know that there's room for improvement there. I mean, there is room for improvement. I don't know if there's going to be any, any improvement. I wouldn't anticipate a decent return for him in a trade. And if anyone wanted him, they could scoop him up off of waivers. So there's my bold prediction for a Capitals buyout is Michael Kempney. Coming up next, season ticket holder special. Yours truly, Capital season ticket holder, attended a Zoom call with Coach Peter LaVulette. And I've got lots to tell you about what he had to say. And he was asked questions that were submitted by other season ticket holders. So it should be very interesting. Stay tuned. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics, and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So, I was on a Zoom call with the new Washington Capitals coach today. So, we're a lot of other season ticket holders, but I'm the one who's going to bring you the information you need that was shared on this call, which was hosted by, obviously, the Capitals, but moderated by John Walton, the radio voice of your Washington Capitals. I love him. So, big headline at the top. The following phrases were repeated a lot by Peter Lobulette. Working hard, having fun, and playing hard for each other. I don't know about you, but that reminds me a lot Of the season that led us to a Stanley Cup. Some background information they asked him. He's from the East Coast. So he's glad to be back here from the Western Conference. He has a really good feel for most of the teams in the Eastern Conference. And most of the buildings. And he loves the atmosphere at Capital One Arena. He thinks the Caps have great ownership. A great fan base. So, yay! And recent playoff success. And he says, you know, when you've... You've had that Stanley Cup raised over your head recently. You will do anything to get that feeling again. And he understands that. And I'm sure that Todd Reardon could come out to a podium or get on a Zoom call and tell you the same thing. But for some reason, I don't know if I'd believe it. So there's that. Some of his hockey background, he was. With the Providence Bruins, he played with the Providence Bruins. He also coached them, won a Calder Cup. He was an Olympian. And John actually asked him, this was not a question from a season ticket holder. John asked him, why coaching? Like, what made you decide to coach? And he said that when he was playing with the Providence Bruins, he was asked if he had a passion for coaching. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, "I I don't know. And he was asked to give it a try. And so he was a player slash assistant coach. And then he got hurt about halfway through the season and he kind of moved from playing and assistant coaching to just assistant coaching. There was an open assistant coaching job the next season in Providence. He decided not to take that. He decided he wanted to be a head coach that Gave him the taste that he needed to figure out that coaching was where he wanted to go. So he took the head coaching job with the Wheeling Nailers, who are now, I don't think then they were affiliated with any NHL team. But right now, they are the ECHL affiliate of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So he took a job with them the season after that. He said that he and his wife didn't even know where Wheeling was. They were in Massachusetts. That's where he's from. Well, they were in Providence because he was playing there, but they're in New England, and they didn't know where Wheeling, West Virginia was. So they got out a map and drove there. That's how long ago that was. A question that came from another season ticket holder was about his philosophy with veteran players. He talked about opening the lines of communication and that the coach and the captain should be on the same page, and that's really important to him. Again, a thing that I don't necessarily think was happening with Ovi and Todd. Just saying. He says there's a good leadership group in place here. He also says that there has to be an identity and a system that the players buy into. And so veteran players are going to lead the other players into that buy-in, right? Accountability. There's that word again. He's using it a lot, but he's using it. I like that word accountability. Building a routine with consistency from practice, the way they practice, to the way they diet, to their workout regimen. Building that consistent routine. And he also said that motivation, especially for veteran players, is key. Make the guys excited and fired up every day when they come onto the ice. These are all things that, I mean, these are all things that a new hire for any job is going to say. But they all have different ways of saying them. And again, I don't seem to remember Todd quite saying things like this. I think Todd thought that this was a job he was going to get, and now he was here, and yay, great, I have a Stanley Cup-winning team to work with. And that was kind of the extent of it. Another season ticket holder asked what some of the best lessons he's learned over the years have been, and what has made him a better coach. And one of the quotes that I thought was great was, he said, well, you know, what is a lesson learned? He said, well, you look back and say, that was dumb, or that was great, that's a lesson to be learned in either direction, right? You either learn you're not going to ever do that again, or you learn that that's something you need to keep doing. He said that with him, when he showed emotion, it was never scripted that he trusts his gut and his heart and he reacts to what he sees and he's learned to trust his instincts. He said, it wasn't always that way. He thought for some time that he needed to react the way the team would expect him to react or react the way the fans would expect him to react or react the way a hockey coach is supposed to act instead of based on his gut and his instinct and what he sees in front of him. And so that's one of the lessons he learned. He also said, and I thought this is really interesting, that... When you think you need to do something, you need to do it. Like, don't spend time thinking about doing it. The minute you have that thought, you need to do it. So things like a line change or a timeout or pulling a goalie to change momentum. If you think you need to do it, do it. Don't spend your time thinking about doing it. So again, some interesting insight into his personality, coaching philosophy, etc., Coming up next, the rest of the Zoom call, what's he going to do about opportunities for younger players? I know that was a thing when Barry was here. Todd kind of continued that tradition. Whether we like it or not, just for the record, I don't. What is his top priority for next season? Some more information about his family. What are they like? Who are the toughest opponents in the Metro Division? and what he's most passionate about outside of work. Stay tuned. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and give it a rating and review, which helps others to discover it and join our community. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Caps. Follow me on Twitter at Amy Rothenberger. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook, Locked on Capitals. Send me an email, LockedOnCaps at gmail.com. I also have another hockey podcast where I swear and I yell a lot with my friend Julie, but it doesn't happen daily or even weekly. You can find it on Twitter at PuckerUpPodcast or at our website, PuckerUpHockey.com. So, another question from another season ticket holder. What kind of opportunities is our new coach going to give to younger players? He's actually spending time watching a lot of video on younger players. He said he just got his team computer that allows him to get feeds of video that he requests. He thinks young players are crucial in today's game, and they will get looked at and be given every opportunity to play on the team. He said that's what training camp is for. So I know we're anxious to see people like our friend Connor, our friend Alex Alex, some more Martin Fervari. And even though we saw a lot of him this past season, even more Jonas Siegenthaler. I think he's going to give these guys a fair shot at camp. And although he didn't say it, my hope would be that that fair shot would carry over when the season starts, and he doesn't start putting people up in the press box just because they're young. What about his family? Um, one of the season ticket holders asked him about, you know, to share more about his family and their background. He mentioned that moves as 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 many moves as he has had throughout his career as a player and a coach are always difficult on a family. And he says his wife has been his anchor and his rock during all of the movement. He said that we should expect his wife to become a part of the team, not only uh, with the players and their wives and girlfriends, but with the staff and their wives as well. She does a lot of charitable work and she always makes sure she works that into her relationship with the team. So we have that to look forward to. He said he likes his kids now better than when they were younger. They are currently 18, 21, and 22. He said he just likes hanging out with them. He said they're at, that they're at a really cool age where he can just hang out with them and have a good time. The oldest is a senior at Plymouth State in New Hampshire his second son is at Florida Gulf Coast University, and th- he's playing in the ACHA, which is a club league for college players. His team won the national championship in both his freshman and his sophomore year. This past year was his junior year, and they didn't go to the championships because COVID. He also, his second son, just took a discovery flight to get his pilot's license, and his daughter is a freshman at Boston College. She's playing softball there, studying biology, and wants to be a medical engineer. And the following is a quote Despite bad parenting, they all turned out pretty good. What's his top priority for next season? Well, he said he's taken over for two teams mid season, and that's one day to prepare. He says he likes the amount of time he has to watch Tate get to know the players, the organization, the staff, all of that. And he's challenged to really create an identity for the team, and I think that's something they've been missing under Todd. You know, what are the Washington Capitals? They're Todd Reardon's team. Okay. He's going to use he said he's going to use training camp to help develop that identity. He said an aggressive attacking style of hockey where you understand your role and not only understand your role, but understand how your role works within the rest of the team and the team systems. He said, when a team is set up that way and they know their identity and they know their roles, they are unstoppable. And I would agree. And again, I hear those things and I hearken back to that 2018 team, that Stanley cup winning team. I might sound like a giant homer right now, but that's how I feel. Who is the toughest opponent for the Capitals in the Metro? Well, he gave a non-answer answer, but it's also the right answer. Quote, there are no easy games. Every game is a war. Every game is a battle. I'm looking forward to coming back into that division. One of the other things he said when he was asked about working with Ovi and how much he looks forward to that, especially after having had to play against him and having had to come up with game plans opposing him. He actually said, we spent more time in coaches meetings trying to defend Ovi's one-timer on the power play and then just kind of trailed off. And he said, if you ask... Any other coach in the division, I bet they'd say the same thing. He said he hasn't spoken to all of the players yet. He has spoken with Ovi. And he said they've had some really good conversations. He's going through staff and coaches as well. So hopefully he'll get to all the players and all the staff and the coaches and then start to build things. And he might have a lot of time to do that. What's he the most passionate about outside of work? Golf. Mm. fishing. He has a boat, so he likes to spend a lot of time on the water. And he likes the summers, especially this past summer, to reconnect with his kids. They're all away from home now. He and his wife are empty nesters now. So whenever he has the opportunity to reconnect with his kids, that's what he's really passionate about, as any father would be. I will end this segment with a quote from Mr. Laviolette, who says, I couldn't have picked a better place. Hopefully, we'll be back to the rink soon. Amen, Peter Laviolette. Amen. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode, where I will talk about trade rumors, because those are already whipping through the mill, and the oversaturated goalie market in free agency. Until then, even though it is the off-season. Please be sure to rock the red, unleash the fury, and cheer in all caps. It's been 198 days since Brianna Taylor was shot and her killers still roam free. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry, penguins.